Sportsypreneur is a content platform, a collaborative team, and a marketing brand that is all about showcasing leaders and difference makers in and around the world of sports. While we create our own content, we also create content with you. This includes collaborative content and exclusive content for your brand. Think podcasts, blogs, social media, and overall content strategy. Our sports content marketing team is specifically niche for those in the sports industry. That includes sports businesses, athletes, managers, coaches, trainers, entrepreneurs, and business leaders in the sports market. The bottom line is we want to help with your sports-related brand, your content marketing, and your story. Connect with us on Instagram at sportsepreneur or find us online at sportsepreneur.com. Sportsepreneur, the content platform where sports and entrepreneurship collide. Welcome to the Sports Epreneur Podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship collide, a Kessler's production. In this episode, I chat with Juan Juan, the CEO and founder of Fanalyze. Fanalyze is the fastest way to analyze fantasy sports and sports betting data. As Juan calls it, Fanalyze aims to be the Google of sports data. A startup with significant growth, Fanalyze is a sports tech company that deserves our attention. From their technology, to their founder's engagement, to their ability to see the growth potential in the sports world, we are captivated by what they are building. One of the first things we talk about in this episode is a hilarious and fun video featuring Juan and his daughter. You can find the video on YouTube by searching Vote for Fanalyze on Google or YouTube. Check out Fanalyze at fanalyze.com and connect with Juan on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn or connect on Twitter at Eric underscore Cast. Be sure to review and subscribe to this podcast so more people like you can check it out. Thank you. Now let's get into this episode and welcome Juan Juan. When I was doing some research, I came across this YouTube video, and I got to say, your daughter just throws a mean LU. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took a while, actually. You know, it wasn't one take, but yeah. uh, let's create a fun video. We were going to stop because I was getting tired. I can't, I can't jump. I'm not that young anymore, so I can't jump so many times. But right. uh, we're like, all right, let's do it one more time. And then she did it. I'm like, oh, okay, that one works. That worked. <laughs> That's what you hear, like, dude, perfect or something. Like, there's all these takes. And then when you actually get the actual video that worked, it's like, oh, my God, it was the first try. No, it was never the first try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never the first try. No, seriously. That's a lot like entrepreneurship, right? Like there's a lot it of is, trial and error. And it's just like, you got to keep working through it. And that's what you guys are doing to Fanalyze. Yeah, that's what we're doing. And really try to grow user base, talk to them, get feedback. I mean, I have a product design background. So something uh, I try to make a habit is go talk to your users, make sure we provide value. Yeah. Make sure we provide the right data points and features. So, Well, you're doing that in the feedback section for so like, I saw posts, whether it was on YouTube, LinkedIn, Republic, where people can invest in your company, you're engaging with the audience like all the time, which is something you see it. But a lot of times if someone's posting something, there's very little engagement on the back end. We're actually getting to have a conversation. Then you show up to something like this and get on a podcast. I mean, clearly you are taking the feedback and you're responding to positive, negative, anything. That's right. Yeah. Whatever they give to me. I mean, like you said, we need to engage and make sure uh, we answer their questions. Yeah. How are you doing all this? Because you're building a product, you're thinking through it. Because that's the thing. It's like, I don't have time to engage with these people, right? Yeah, it's tough. As a CEO and a co-founder, you're trying to wear so many hats. Yeah. But I try to make sure like, I respond to the people that have questions and engage with. And people see that. That's the thing. Like, This guy really cares, right? Yeah. yeah. He really cares. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to do is kind of portray myself like, okay, I'm going to build a successful product. But at the same time, I'm going to still communicate with the people that support me and my users. So yeah. They see that you care. They see that you're passionate about it. I've seen that same thing play out. So 
we have a content marketing platform and we help entrepreneurs. I think every entrepreneur that's willing should have a content platform. And what that is, it's yeah, different from everyone's podcast, websites, so combination of all of it. When they have those conversations and when I get an opportunity to talk with them, they're like, you really believe this stuff. Like you're really into this and they want to invest in that a lot of times. Hey, if you're that into it, I think you can help me. You can lead me. You can get me started with it. And that's no different than I saw in Republican. The reviews on it are saying, I'm investing in one. I'm investing in this company. I'm investing in the product. But it's, they really care about it. He's going to see this all the way through. And I think, like you just said, when they really care, when you have a passion for it, and people are going to pay attention, they're going to want to be part of it. Yeah. Now, to show that as well is really engagement, right? Like, okay, he's showing up. Like, I'm going to show up wherever I can to show that I'm going to drive this to success. And then people, like you said, see that. Yeah. You still have to have a need, right? So you can be the most passionate person. You have to have That's this. Right. It's like, ah, you could build a marketing company, but if no one's creating content, what does it matter? If you're doing fanalize and no one cares about sports betting or yeah. fantasy sports, it doesn't matter. I saw a stat, I think it was on your website, and it says average time spent for a fantasy player online is 10 hours of research a week. I think about that. I'm like, 10 hours. That's crazy. That's a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, there was an article online during the fantasy football scene, which is the biggest season, people spend about like four to six hours at work yeah. during the week. So, I mean, if they're doing that d- during work, what are they doing outside of work, right? So, I mean, people are passionate about it. They like the competitive aspect and they just want to beat people and their friends, right? So, Right, right. You've been into <laughs> fantasy sports and I think that's where you saw like how much time you were spending with your co-founder and thinking through this, like there's got to be a better way. And that's a lot of times how companies are founded because you have to solve that problem and there's got to be a need for it. Fantasy sports has been very interesting for me because I remember participating in fantasy sports a long time ago and things have evolved. And now it's to a point to where everyone's doing it, right? And it's crazy. Like people are telling you who's on their fantasy team, like you care because yeah. you're not a part of that league and like, <laughs> it's just unique. And what do you see with, I mean, obviously you see a growth in it. Sports betting is a big one too. That's taking off because it's becoming legalized in a lot of states. But fantasy sports is interesting to me. And I'm just curious, like how you see it. Like I've been more interested in the niche aspects, like hockey. Sure. That's an interesting one because less people do it. So I do it with a group of my friends. There's no money involved. It's truly for just like talking trash and having fun with it and making fun of each other and also getting into the sport of it and getting into the nitty gritty and the analytics of it. Fantasy football is enormous. Like where do you see fantasy football or fantasy sports going over the next few years? Yeah, fantasy sports. I mean, it started to explode with FanDuel and DraftKings as they do uh, more daily fantasy. I think that will continue to grow, but uh, maybe they'll add some other types of games, whether it's prop games as well, smaller games, maybe uh, a one-game basis or for sports betting, similar to like the coin toss, right? So yeah. that's going to be, is this kicker going to make this field goal at 55 yards? So those sports betting will get to that. I think as states open up and legalize each state, I think it's right now it's growing tremendously. I think there's about 25 states that have legalized sports betting and 10 online sports betting. Yeah. I feel like there's a community because sometimes I'm like fantasy sports. It's like for me, I've spent a lot of time doing it and kind of like going in a different direction with it. Yeah. But there's a sense of, I don't know, a community, but bringing people together. I talk about sports, bring people together. Do you see that as well? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I've been playing with my college buddies probably over 15 years and we still have the same group. I had my junior high buddies as well. 
So we've been playing for a long time. And like you said, people would trash talk and then brings us together during the draft, right? The drafts are big. So we get to see our friends that we haven't seen maybe in six or even the year, right? So that's uh, something that brings, like you say, your friends, your colleagues together and people want to win and be passionate about it. Yeah. A lot of group chat messages, right. right? You see, you show up your phone, you're like, there's 76 messages. What, what just <laughs> happened? Right. Like, <laughs> can you take me out of this? I, yeah, no, yeah, but yeah. No, but it's interesting how there's different ways that sports can bring people together. And whether it's watching a game or talking about the game or analyzing the NFL draft or talking about a fantasy sports team and all that goes with it. So then you see this need to say, because, you know, like footballguys.com was a big one. There's a lot of data there. There's a lot of content and you have to decipher. And to me, it's the analyzation of it, but also coming up with your own conclusions with it. It's more fun that way to say, here's the analysis. Now I have to make a decision based off of this, but you need the numbers and you need easy access to it. So like before this came around, what were you doing to analyze your numbers? Yeah. So when we first started, like I went to Yahoo Sports, I went to CBS, I went to ESPN, I went to NFL. So I looked at all the projections, the rankings, the injuries, the news, waiver wires, sit and starts recommendations. And I was like, this takes too long, right? So, And so what we're doing is aggregating all that data and put it into one location and pretty much creating a consolidated score so you don't have to go to several sites. And then you can customize that based on certain sites. Sometimes I don't go to CBS, sometimes I go to Yahoo. And also your league sometimes is in Yahoo, sometimes in CBS. Yeah. Well, you would see it, right? You would see someone, an owner of a team, and if you went to their computer or their phone and you pulled up their Safari or Google history or just like see the tabs that are open, like you said, <laughs> that's right. it would be endless. It's enormous. <laughs> it would be endless. That's yeah. right. And that's what we saw the problem, like that we need to solve this. So yeah. I believe software is, you know, we're heading that way. And it has to be a clean interface. It has to be friendly. Yep, it has to be right. inviting. Right. And I went there. And so I went to your app, Fanalyze, and mess around with it. I'm looking up players and it comes up right away. You see these stories. You see the stories Very that good. relate to the players. There's a player here from Charlotte, Grant Williams, and he went to the school where my kids go and he plays for the Celtics. And then you go look and then here it is. And here's the information. It's like, boom, right then and there. It's not just the Kevin Durant. So this is any player that you want to get access to, right? No, that's right. That's fair. So it's got that feel. It's got good reviews, right? Which is important. You're in a growth stage. You're looking for investors. Someone we had talked about before, David Meltzer is a part of Fanalyze. And so what's his involvement with Fanalyze? Yeah, he's definitely uh, been involved. He's an advisor and an investor. So anytime I need help, I reach out to him via text or call him. I definitely have access to him. I don't know about 24-7, but uh, when I need him. so And um, I think when we're ready to really scale, he have a network of professional athletes, right? So influence marketing will be definitely key for us in growing our user base. Yeah. So you also had called in, it was interesting because I was looking at, you have the All In Podcast, Jason, right? At Jason on Twitter, right? Jason Calacanakis. And I said his name wrong, probably, but... Calacanis, yeah. Calacanis. I I knew I said it wrong as soon as I said it. (laughs) I just like added this, some vowels in there. But he's amazing and talking about the startup community and seeding companies. And you actually had called in on one of his shows, I believe. And this is a couple of years ago. And you've done some, I believe you were maybe at some startups where he was at, or he was the keynote speaker at it. So clearly someone you follow as well and people along those lines. Yeah, Jason's been great to the startup community. I mean, I started following him in New York when he first started the podcast and then he went to LA and now he's been in San Francisco. I don't know how long, but uh, he has some great insights and help for startups uh, starting. Definitely a good podcast to follow. 
Yeah, resources, right? And resources, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're looking for those resources like a Jason, though. Yeah, he does have an investment fund and accelerate. So a couple ways that Jason will be able to help us and startups as well. Is he involved at all with Fanalyze yet? Is he paying attention not to Not yet. Okay. No, no, not yet. Okay. Yeah, but definitely talk to his team. Yep. We're not quite ready there, but we will be soon. Going out to pitch, right? And getting part of these groups where they're giving out money and you've done well, right? At these... I have, yeah. Yeah. So what's yeah. some recent ones that you've been to? Yeah, a big one that we did, I believe in December, was uh, the Sports Betting USA Conference. There was 100 applicants narrowed down to three, and then we won that. So that was pretty big. There's a TV show on Amazon Prime or Prime Video. David Meltzer is a host, but he's not the judge. It's called The Two Minute Drill. And we're on episode 12. So we won that. That was a 50,000 cash and prizes. We did another one for the Arizona State Venture Devils uh, demo day. And we won uh, 5,000 in grant money from the Global Sports Tech track. So we won the top prize of that. So I'm trying to do pitch events as well to give us some money to keep going. But uh, that's been really helpful. And of course, create brand awareness and help uh, with networking. How's Republic? Republic's coming out, right? You're starting to see these platforms where you can go invest in these companies. And yeah. obviously, see so you're very active there. And I've, you've raised a good bit of uh, cash at Republic. What's been your experience with Republic? Yeah, it's always good to find additional resources for funding. We actually got into the Meet the Draper show first. It's a pitch TV show with the Draper family. And then the package deal was you, you pitch us and then we'll promote you on Republic. But it's been a good experience. It took time to get onboarding, but once we launch, they're definitely helping us out and trying to get investment. How does an individual, is that the way that they would go, someone would go about investing the company? Is there other ways? Yeah, I mean, getting into Republic, pretty much you uh, submit your pitch deck, they do the diligence, and they kind of reach out to you, see if it's a good fit. We were a good fit and then went through the onboarding process. Okay. What about the investor side of things? So if an everyday investor versus someone else who's really looking to make a big investment into your company, how would they go about it? Either way, I mean, they target unaccredited investors. So anyone can invest a minimum of 100 to a maximum on our platform, 25,000. So it could be people that you know, just want to invest $100 or angel investors that have more capital to invest. Sacramento, I've been seeing a lot of conversation in and around what you're talking about with the startup community. And there's a lot of development there and things are happening. And you clearly yeah, see that is. as well where you are at. And what's it been like being in Sacramento and seeing the surge in startup? Yeah, it's crazy because I grew up in the Bay Area. So I felt the startups are seen in Silicon Valley. And it's really, you can't compare to that because there's a lot of events and of course, investors there. I came to Sacramento. I mean, I didn't see much. But it started to pick up, I would say, maybe four to three years ago. And then pandemic kind of slowed that down. But there's definitely some programs here that's been helping startups. There's pitch events and then event and startup events on a weekly basis. I mean, went to virtual the past year. But I think when everything becomes normal again, if that's the case, everything will pick up once more. Yeah. You were talking a little bit before about branding and appearing on a podcast like this, showing up to these events, engaging with people, being on these social media platforms. Clearly, you know that you need the marketing. You have to get it out there. You have to develop this brand. And there has to be a consistent message in what you're talking about. And I see that in everything that you're posting. Was that clear to you that we're going to have to make this investment into this side of it? Because a lot of times you see with these startup companies, they have the product. Maybe they have the software. They have this. That's right no one knows about it or the branding's kind of off and it's inconsistent. Like, has that been your experience with it? Yeah. I mean, at first we were just really 
wasn't focused on marketing, but once I figured out, okay, I need to get out there. We need to create that brand. So really, you know, focused on just trying to build awareness and started building our social media following, right? So we didn't really have that until probably six months ago and started doing some posts. And I see it's making a difference. And like you said, just showing up and being engaged with the community is doing. I kind of see sometimes with content where there's the opportunities that you know that possibly exist if you go out and create content. Then there's these opportunities that you didn't know that existed out there because you put yourself out there. Next thing you know, someone's calling you up. Maybe there's like a David Meltzer reaches out to you. Like, I never expected that. I'm not saying that's how that happened, but things along those lines, people just find out about it and you couldn't have ever thought about it. No, that's definitely a great point. So here in Sacramento, I'd been really active on LinkedIn. And uh, two weekends ago on a Saturday, Kevin Johnson, I don't know if you know Kevin Johnson, Phoenix star, all-star. He reached out to me. I'm like, is this really Kevin Johnson? Then he was interested in talking to us. So I'm like, okay. So I messaged him and sent him my email. He responded back. And the next day we met in person at a coffee shop here in Sacramento. And he's been uh, mayor too in Sacramento for about eight years. So definitely a good contact to have. And hopefully he becomes an investor in the future. Oh yeah, I remember Kevin Johnson well. That's that's amazing though. And that's the thing, like you couldn't have expected it. You weren't saying, hey, we're going to go put this out there and Kevin Johnson's going to call me today, you know? (laughs) Yeah, and he reached out to me, which it's tough because you're always reaching out to people. Right. But as you, like you say, you provide content out there that resonates, they come in and talk to yeah. you. Well, it's on a Saturday, right? You have things going on with your family. I'm sure yeah, you think right. about business. There's a component right. of leverage that's in that. And that leverage piece is, if it's genuine, right? There's leverage that's disingenuous, but that plays itself out on a Saturday. It's like, while you're doing something else, next thing you know, you're getting a call because you had the content. Do you pay attention to Naval in there, the Silicon Valley area? I did not recently, but I did with the uh, angel list, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah he's, absolutely. He's been definitely um, probably started the equity, I don't know if you call it ec- crowdfunding, but the right. syndicates. Yeah. Well, you're right in the thick of it, you know, in, in a new area with Sacramento and also in this industry that it's been interesting because sports has changed so much just over the last yes, year. Yeah, yes. It sounds like you all at Fanalyze had to make some adjustments as well because, well, there was no sports for a while. There was. Yeah. No, I mean, it was tough for us. I didn't think we were going to survive, but we actually got into a, a sport radar accelerator program. So we had access to several sports, which is through data. And their program is you get access to this for free. So we actually rebuilt our product from scratch using new data points. So it took us to a while, but we eventually um, kind of got there. Now we have the top three sports with NFL, MLB, and NBA. Now it's really uh, you know focused on really getting more users on board. And, and converting those users to paying customers. Yeah. When you get to this next level, right, and you start rolling it out to more and more people, is that, and you get some seed money, right, to continue to invest in your company, is that when you kind of go to the next steps of everything? I guess my question is, you have the vision of where Fanalyze is going. Where do you see Fanalyze? And I don't like looking out ahead. Maybe it's in a couple of days, right? But where are we going with this? Yeah, my vision really is we have the database of sports data. We currently have three. We'd like to have all the top sports, I would say the 10 global sports by five years. Okay. And as we build this database, we're really building the Google of sports data and analytics. Right now, you could search players or teams, but eventually you could search any stat that you want, compare any players in different generations, and even search uh, events 
or certain things using our technology. So that's what my vision is really building the Google for sports data. Yeah. When we watch Thursday Night Football, and if you watch it on Amazon Prime, which we're going to be doing a lot of that coming up, right? They see the stats, the next-gen stats and all that. So Amazon buys and Google buys and these companies buy companies like yours to then roll them under and use the data that you have and the software that you have, programs you have. You have such a passion for this, clearly, because it started with something that you needed. Is Or is this not something you think about as far as being acquired at some point? I think when you start pitching for investment, investors look for the ROI and exit strategies. And this space is it's growing, but it's not at its peak. I think two, three years, there's going to be a lot of winners. And we believe we're in the spot to get to that position. So an exit acquisition could possibly be a play from a sports betting operator like DraftKings, FanDuel, MGM, and so forth. A lot of these sports leagues rely on outside of the United States, right? You go to these other countries and for the NFL to continue to grow, they're going to have to, right? Which they've done in in the games in London and all that. Is Fanalyze available outside of the States? Yeah, we just received an opportunity with Aquaboom Sports Global Technology to launch Fanalyze in the Asia market, I think primarily in China. So we did a pitch event uh, and I focused on getting the Winter Olympics data. And we won with top 10. So we actually signed a letter of intent yesterday to work on projects. So that's ongoing. And we're actually adding cricket for the IPL. So IPL League Indian UK. So we plan to launch that uh, hopefully in the next week or two. So you're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Soccer, football. I mean, yeah, yeah. football. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Both. That's the plan. Yeah, that's the biggest sport uh, globally, right? So we we definitely need to have that. Well, and the significant growth in this country, the United States, with soccer. I mean, so that you waking up and you can watch Premier League games are available and Champions League games. I mean, you can get most of the content now, which even maybe five years ago, it wasn't didn't look that way. That's right. I see significant room for growth for that sport. I mean, it'd be better if you like the men's team, for example, the women's team's doing great, which I think is helping out a lot. Getting the men's team on the World Cup, that type of thing will help out as well. But I think just taking in those games has been a lot of fun for myself just to, it's something unique and different. And and I could see that. But more than that too, it's like internationally, it's so big. And you talk about the data that you're getting in and how readily available is this data? Like I could go pull up some data. I can go to ESPN or Sporting, whatever that place is and, and get a lot of the information more. But you're diving in deep. You're getting another level of the data that people don't have access to. Like how readily available is that data? I mean, if you really dig deep, you probably could find it. I mean, of course, you could do spreadsheets and calculate the certain data points that are out there. But what we did you know, before we launched is listed a bunch of data points that's really difficult to find. And say, okay, you choose what data points you want and how much would you pay for this? So that's kind of part of our validation. And that's what we're doing is adding those data that's not, uh, like you said, available out there. Yeah. And then you can analyze it like instantaneously because that's what you need, right? You're that's making true. decisions. And a lot of times, whether it's gambling or fantasy, that people, they need to know like right now, organizations, the clubs, the teams, they need this data. I mean, they have this data. I mean, this goes into like the Moneyball aspect of like what data they want to look at. That's right. I know they have this data and they have their own ways of getting this data. Is that almost how you're operating it? Where you're getting the same kind of data that anyone would have access to at the professional level? Yeah. The professional, yeah. We want the data that we come up with. And then like you said, the professional sports have that's not uh, publicly available. That kind of helps you kind of improve your decisions, whether it's betting or, or fantasy sports. Yeah. 
Was it always your intent to go out and create, not fanalize perhaps, but something like this where you wanted to be a startup company? I mean, you had been doing a lot of different things in the past. Yeah. But like, was this something that you'd like had different ideas along the way? And then this is the one that came out. Like, where were you in that process maybe 10, 15 years ago as you're, or 20 years ago as you're going in your career? Yeah. I mean, my senior year in college, I first designed and coded my website. And then I wrote my first business plan. I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is what I like to do. So, you know, one day I will start an online company. Sure. Eventually I worked for several startups and then I actually co founded a couple more companies, but uh, those failed prior. And sports is something I love, right? So I'm passionate about it. And then technology. So I just combined my passion for sports and technology to build a fan life today. Uh, hopefully I answered your question. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because it's just interesting to me how, like, the founder like came yeah. across all these things and just leaned into it. Was there a point when you're starting Fanalyze where people are looking at you like, Juan, what are you doing? This is crazy. I'm sure there's other people on the other side that had great support, but that's a big undertaking. It is. Yeah. I mean, people are like, do you know what you're doing? I mean, yeah. I grew up in the Bay Area. So I worked at early employee at startups. So understand how difficult it is. But I was driven like, okay, I need to build this for myself first, right? Build it for my problem and then um, share that with the world. So that was my approach. Did you just start it? Were you working elsewhere when you're thinking through this? Or did you like, I'm out and I'm starting this? Was there a line in the same? Yeah, I know. Of course, we're doing our full-time jobs. Okay. And then you know, started coming with the ideas and kind of built slowly. But to validate our ideas, we actually launched a few apps on the CBS Sports App Store. From 2012 to 2014, they opened it up. Anyone could develop apps. I'm like, okay, they have over millions of users. So we launched a, a few uh, fantasy baseball and football apps. There we got top three developer. We got 300,000 users. I'm like, okay, people like what we're doing. And so once they closed down, we kind of learned what we built on the CBS Sports App Store and then uh, started building families from then on. Yeah, it's smart. Yeah, you're testing it out. Sports has been interesting. I have these conversations a lot, but the way someone, millennial Gen Z, is watching yeah. or not watching games right now is very different than the way than Gen X or different generations. But I think engaging the fan, like you've been talking about, through analytics, through having a sense of control, through maybe spending more time but less time with it, like yeah, you're spending yeah, better time. Right. I mean, you're spending better time with it, but less time because you're right. so busy and there's so many things to do. Because ten hours a week, like I said, that's a lot. But <laughs> do you see that's a way to engage younger fans as well into partaking in watching and just sports in general? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I have uh, stats for but the attention span for the millions is not that much, right? We want to keep active, but something they really enjoy is social media. So we're trying to integrate social media and different aspects so that could gifts them engage. Uh, right now we have Twitter integration. We'd like to look at how we could integrate Instagram, Facebook, and so forth that uh, makes them come back uh, to look at more because they, they love right now, the millennials love social media. So let's try to integrate as much of that as we can. Yeah. And the attention span is an interesting thing because I think it's more along the lines of when someone's into something, they'll invest the time with it. Whether it's a show right. on Netflix that might be an hour long show, if you want to watch Mad Men, let's say, and those those 50 minutes to an hour each, someone will take in 10 episodes in a row. That's almost 10 hours of content right there. But it's the way it's perhaps like chunked where it's not an investment of, I got to go watch a 10 hour movie. It's not a 10 hour movie. Yeah. It's 52 no, minutes it's of each episode. 
because they had a passion for it. They had engagement. And when someone gets into it, fantasy sports, 10 hours of research on that broken up into different times isn't that big of a deal for them anymore. And I think that's important to have these different platforms to say, I like it for these reasons. And perhaps they don't even have to watch the game itself. They can be a part of the game with, well, I saw pieces of it. I saw what I needed to see. My involvement, let's say they could say, is just participating in the analytics of it all and the research. And I think there's a lot of fun in that. There's a lot of different ways to do it because like you said, I mean, sports is an enormous business and significant growth with it. So you're clearly seeing that as well. And because I saw somewhere like the average fan of the NFL is 52 years old. And you know, I see people on all different sides watching the NFL, but having platforms like you're creating to engage the fan, I think is super important. And you obviously see that as well from what you're building here at Fanalyze. Now tell me this, when did you start Fanalyze? We started in a, I would say in a garage, but 2010, we started to come up with ideas. We built our initial software to kind of validate. And then 2012, we actually built the, the apps but we were doing as a hobby because fantasy football, oh, that's fun. But really, I started to do this full time probably three years ago to give us a, a really a fighting chance. Once I saw sports betting legalized, I'm like, okay, there's our path, right? This is the gold rush that we need to be in. There's going to be multiple winners in this space. So we definitely want to be in the space to do that, to get that opportunity. Yeah. Does college athletics ever present itself as an opportunity? <laughs> Possibly in the future. People ask for that as well. There was a, one company that does analytics. Like we white label your product for college. I'm like, yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Yeah. All right. So what are your teams that you support? I grew up watching the Dolphins. Oh, wow. I'm a Marino fan. Mark Brothers of Showtime. Magic Johnson is probably my, I would say my idol. I was doing no-look passes as a kid and baby hook shots. A baseball, you know, San Francisco Giants rooted for them locally. So Will Clark, uh, Kevin Mitchell, and so forth. Yeah. Looks like your daughter with the no-look pass. The no-look LU is perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dan Marino, so I'm originally from Buffalo, New York, and the Bills, they did obviously really well against him in the playoffs. Yeah, they but did. But there was yeah, times where it'd be like third and 23 in Buffalo, snow, wind, whatever, the crowd's crazy, and he'd complete a 24-yard pass on third down. And you'd just be like, for what I've seen, I mean, he's the best quarterback I've ever seen, like not like the greatest quarterback ever, yeah, but from yeah, what I've seen yeah. live, like in a game, not winning and Tom Brady, I get all that, but man, to do what he yeah, would he's, do he's, and he'd have a running game really. I mean, just unbelievable. No, no. So he's a great quarterback. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Well, I mean, this is a lot of fun for me, Juan, to talk about these things, talk about entrepreneurship and starting a company and seeing a business that sees the opportunity that, that you said, built it for yourself. Yeah, built it for myself. And if nothing else, you got a really cool platform that you and your friends can use. But for more than that, I mean, clearly this is going somewhere. How do people learn more about Fanalyze, about you? How can they invest in the company and pay attention to what you guys are up to? Yeah, go to fanalyze.com, F-A-N-A-L-Y-Z-E. And then uh, we're on Republic. So you can invest as low as $100, republic.co forward slash Fanalyze. And you can download our app on the Apple App Store and Google Play. Just search Fanalyze. Yeah. Would appreciate that. Absolutely. And you're active personally on social media. So I definitely would, I mean, to engage with the founder and I can promise that he'll engage, right? So he'll be there talking and sharing insights and answering questions. I think it's awesome. Definitely download the app. I mean, if nothing else, just to see what they're building. I think it's really neat and I think it's going places. So I'm here for it. Juan, thank you for the time. Thank you for the energy and the ideas. It's awesome. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me again.
One of my favorite things about our Sportsypreneur content platform is the opportunity to chat with amazing people in and around the world of sports. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you want to connect more, hit us up on Instagram at Sportsypreneur. Thank you for listening to this CadSource production, the Sports Epreneur podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship collide. Oh,